Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. So right before, literally two seconds before we just started rolling, um, Tyler's like, hey, do you want to see a video of my entire family of cousins dying? And yeah. showed me a video of a car crash where like his aunt, uncle, and three cousins all died. Yeah. And you just I, got back from a funeral and I just got back from a funeral seconds ago. Yep. Just finished talking with uh, a close friend whose father's in palliative care and uh, listening to a podcast um, where the first two words of it is war crimes <laughs> and uh, it's sleeting and snowing and r- kind of rainy, really windy. <laughs> and it's uh it's a good, it's a good day overall, I guess you could say. <laughs> Uh, on that <laughs> cheery note, welcome to Alcohol Beyond This Point, the podcast where we debate business topics oh, both sober and drunk to see if we come to the same conclusion. And if you have to guess why we drink today, it is because we do this every week. We do do, do do. Also, um, first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, we got kind of sloshed yesterday. Well, you did. I don't remember how many beers I had. This is what happens. I hope the mic picked that all up. This is what happens when I don't drive. So I usually drive, right? But instead of driving a Benz, you were driving a piece of shit U-Haul. That's exactly like the piece of shit I drive every day. And uh, it was such a rough ride that all your beers fucked up now. No. Um, so, well, maybe. But... Uh, so I usually drive, but JL, since moving in with me, he opts to drive a lot. And because we live in the same house, we carpool, obviously, because we go to a lot of the same events. So the last few events that we've gone to, he's been gracious enough to volunteer to drive. And um, so I've been drinking a lot more <laughs> when I go out. Any reason. Yeah. Well, and I, so I, I tweeted the other day, follow me, vote Willows on Twitter. Um for all the uncensored schlots, I mean thoughts. Um, I said something like, I'm going to, I got to stop pre-gaming because the idea of pre-gaming, like drinking, you know, drinks before you go out is save money and get the same amount of drunk. Right. Right. So what I do is like have some pre-drinks, go out and drink just as much as I would have. If not more, because you're not counting. If not more, because I'm already drunk um, and end up spending more money. And just getting sloppier and embarrassing myself. So. So not a good plan. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop yeah. Yeah. Yeah, doing fair. pre-drinks. Fair, fair enough. Um, but I wanted to bring it up because we went out to a, to a karaoke night. It was our friend's birthday. And uh, not a single person was wearing a mask in the entire bar. Except I mean, for you briefly. Yeah. Well, I was putting one on to go to the bathroom. Um, and I've, I've been pretty open about this. I'm mainly doing it for optics. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I always make fun of you, but at the bar you got approached by somebody, which was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Someone came up to me, uh, at the bar and I, I kind of knew them like they're an acquaintance and I hadn't spoken to them in real life for five or six years, but I guess they had said something on Facebook that they thought offended me. Or something, we got in an argument or something, but he came over and apologized for that, which I thought was interesting because I don't fucking know what he's talking about. Um, 
and uh and then said yeah man like i drink your wine i've actually i follow your like story now i like learned a lot from you like about business and stuff and he's like i just wanted to say that i just wanted to say sorry and i'm like yeah no problem man he like walked away so yeah when you guys always laugh when i'm like hey people in this city know me i gotta have a good reputation and then people in this city actually do know me and i do actually need to have a good reputation (laughs) so i just find it funny when there's an entire bar of people just like screaming moistly at each other and singing and dancing around and having a party and it's like just the idea that that can happen but at the same time it still makes sense to some people to wear a mask to the bathroom i know why you're doing it but like the fact that to some people that really matters yeah is still pretty funny to me i was a big proponent for keeping the vaccination cards in bars like not letting people in if they weren't vaccinated and then getting rid of the masks in the in the bar because the mat like i own a bar and we're a pretty small intimate little wine bar right so it's like you're pretty close to the people beside you what are you what are you talking about well this covid doesn't work when you're sitting down that's what i mean is that (laughs) it was for for nine months i had to enforce people taking off their mask for two hours and then putting it back on to stand up Mm. and i'm like this like even my like i have an immunocompromised a bartender who's we make a lot of our policies like around and for because we want to protect her and protect like anyone quite frankly right um and even she like it's like does this really make any sense like is this really protecting anyone you know what i mean so um, uh, no <laughs> yeah so the best thing you can do is get vaccinated we both are and all my staff is and and then get covid yeah and then whatever right like it is what it is but i just thought it was interesting that or not interesting, but I remember leaning over to you and there were a bunch of people like mosh pit dancing to the fucking karaoke and like, you know, it was, it was just, everyone was screaming and having a good time. And it was just like probably 200 people in the bar, all just fucking just, and I'm like, this is like back to normal. Like, this is like, we never left mm-hmm. except now I'm older. And when there was a bunch of like 18 year olds yelling, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but other than that. Yeah, I think the only thing different at that bar was, like, they had one of the staircases closed, I guess, so they could, like, funnel people through the hostess stand for vax cards and stuff, but they still hadn't opened up that extra staircase. Well, I noticed they had the uh, arrows, like, the one-way direction arrows. Right. That they had, you could definitely see they tried to peel a couple of them off, and they couldn't get them off, so they just left them. Right. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is also one of those shitty bars where, like... A bun- if you actually look at the ceiling yeah, like, me and you were looking at the tiles a bunch we were... <laughs> of the ceiling tiles are all fucked up and one of them looks like it's got like a 10 pound weight on his butt to fall through yeah one of them looked like they had a bunch of water like on one side of it yeah that was not ideal but um but hey i missed that i missed shitty bar yeah man like it was it was good and also yeah. two dollar tequila tuesdays is now five dollar tequila oh tuesdays. man fucking inflation yeah they used to do two dollar tequilas three dollar beers which if you know we you always hear us bitch about the Manitoba liquor government monopoly. Um, that's like the cheapest you can sell stuff for legally. Yeah. Uh, technically, it's two. It's two twenty five a serving in quotations is the minimum. Yeah. So they're ounce shots, not ounce and a half shots. Right. Because standardized shots in Canada are actually ounce and a half. Fun fact. Um, but uh, so that's how they get away with that. Right. But uh, yeah, and now they're like five bucks, which is like still like a decent price. Like a lot of. Um, shots are fucking like six, seven bucks, eight bucks, like for fucking specialty shots at like fancy bars. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, fair. But still, but fucking inflation's killing all of us, man. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about your friend who's doing events in Alberta and they're doing dollar shots. 
Yeah, yeah. They're ounce as well, but still. Still, like, you could get fucked for ten bucks. Yeah. If you drink it fast enough. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, fucking, I always, uh, when I used to play in a poker league, it was just, like, a free roll poker league, and we used to play in, like, little bar, like, just shitty dive bars. Mm-hmm. And uh, some well, of the older people would that, always. That's be how like, one of my workers met his wife. She was she was <laughs> she was a dealer. He was playing poker in a shitty bar with a bunch of old guys. Love it. So some of the old guys would always be like, "Oh yeah, I remember, I remember like nickel beer night, <clears throat> where you'd fucking bring in a quarter and get five beers." Jeez. Yeah, that'd and be like, cool. That'd back be when good. They were like kids, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Which obviously infl- scaled for inflation. That's like yeah, they could buck twenty five an hour or whatever. Yeah, but still. <clears throat> Yeah, still. It's like that's, yeah, it's no, like it, eight it, nine it, bucks <laughs> for a fucking pint at a bar now, and that's like that's an hour of someone's work. Like minimum wage is like twelve bucks. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, as a multiplier, I mean obviously everybody knows this, but house prices do not match wages in the same manner that they that they used to. Yeah, inflation's the only thing that, or uh, wages are the only thing that aren't paid to inflation. <laughs> Everything else goes up except how much you're paying people. So well, that's interesting. I mean, that's a very anti-capitalist thing for you to say, Willis. Well, I'm a communist now. I thought we got this. Oh yeah. I've really, really evolved over the uh, over the length Last of this two years. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. I am, uh, I am a cold-blooded communist now, and I'll go further than that. I think we should kill everyone who's not a landlord. Wait. Wait. Is a landlord? No. Oh. Because if you <laughs> if you're not not um I shared I'll put it on the screen if I remember to. I shared uh it's like Squidward fact of the day and then it's Squidward being like um landlords are parasites but all par- like all parasites have a use in nature. So maybe you just don't understand what landlords do <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. It's like based. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. No, I I, I, I'm not, I can never be on that side of things where it's like abolish landlords. It's like, no, having done the landlording thing, no, there's definitely a requirement for landlording. Whether the state does it or an individual well, does it, it needs to be done. Here's the thing. And the state's bad at it. Here's, yeah. Like all the time. Exactly. Like really bad. The, the state is the worst at doing all the programs that I want to see in the world. Yeah, for like, sure. Like healthcare, we have fucking shit government-run healthcare here. Um, and then people are always like, yeah, well, the fucking American system, like, it's like, that's barely fucking private healthcare either. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, they, they don't, they don't have, um, they don't have free market either. Yeah. Not, it's not all, even remotely close. It's yeah. just, it's just fucking cronyism is bought and paid for. Exactly. And, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. But like, we, we have shitty healthcare. We have no mental health care. We have sh- like, um, government housing here sucks like our prison system sucks like although know. i gotta say as far as the actual programming goes our uh i think our government housing is one of the better programs out there as compared to what because what do we do as compared to pe- most for people that don't know what do we do versus and what does another country do so uh it's manitoba housing so you can apply for it and um I don't know exactly what the qualifications are, but it's a pretty easy process. It's more so it's based on need in a lot of ways. And they don't have like huge waiting lists. They don't like fucking Ohio literally has an, a lottery and they just pull a certain number of names every couple of years. And then you have a X amount of months in order to lock down a place or you like lose your 
lottery ticket, basically. Okay. And that's and Section 8, right? Yeah. And it's and Section Eight is like sometimes private, sometimes public, and it's all shit. Yeah, like it's a it's just a terrible system. They've been way too rigorous of an inspection process because they've got like, you know, nineteen oh five to nineteen fifteen homes, and they're like you can't have all the things that all those houses have. You have to completely retrofit them. And, and no one to, wants to spend the money to do well, that. Well, it's just unrealistic to spend the money, and it's like incredibly difficult to find those properties. So it's like you don't have the properties in place, and you have to have um, all the inspections passed before you can get approved for section eight and then it's um you know just like just the inspection cycle process was like it was really really rough and very time consuming and it's like it added levels of bureaucracy that just made it super inefficient and to the point where only specialized landlords could actually get into it wow thanks government it was great making everything superfluous and yeah yeah, no, it was great. But if you figured it out for landlords, it was fucking great business, and everyone was happy. Because you had a bunch of Section 8 properties, right? Yeah, and it sucked. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it really sucked. I mean, it, for some houses, it was awesome, but for the older ones at a certain vintage, you just couldn't make them in good enough condition. Yeah. Like, they were just always breaking down, right? It's like trying to make a fucking trash car your daily driver that just breaks every other day, and it's like, okay, yes, you can, but you're better off just buying a new Civic. So then, and then as far as I understand with Manitoba housing, it's like when you get the house it's like your employer pays the government and then they pay you what's left or something uh more it's or less kind of weird yeah it's it's basically it's based on your uh you you pay rent based on your income yeah and the government because pays the remainder I, however much or little you make because zach's my business partner his mother lived in manitoba housing yeah and he lived with her and she had to kick him out when he turned 18 because as soon as he turned 18 his income got added to her Right, uh, the family income, and he was working like a part-time pizza delivery job, and that would like doubled the rent. Yeah. So they're like, ah, because like yeah. she was on, um, I guess w- the equivalent of welfare as well as being in Manitoba housing, which that's double funny because one department of the government is paying the other one. Yeah. Right. Which <laughs> like, is honestly the more efficient way to do. It. it sounds stupid, but it is a more efficient way to do it. What do you think of just like giving everyone a house? Um. Uh, like you turn eighteen, they give you a house. I guess, like, but, like, the, the it's a big, it's a big how question. Like, we're having a fucking supply issue now, and there's bidding Yeah, wars. but, like, a third of the houses in Canada are, are vacant. Yeah, but not in places where people necessarily can or want to live. Yeah, they're all in downtown Vancouver. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, the, the vacancy, like, that's kind of like a misnomer. Like, it's the, the, you're not having a really high vacancy rate in good school zones that are, like, affordable places where people want to live like there's there's no vacancies like you have properties that are going up for sale that are selling in days with bidding wars like that if that wouldn't happen if there was a 30 percent vacancy rate it's that that's a good point actually like it's it's not there is a supply issue absolutely and i don't know giving people a house when they turn 18 it's like okay who fulfills that who plans that and not everyone wants the same house when they turn 18 it's like it's better to give maybe someone like a rent credit when they turn 18 okay because then now you allow the market to kind of fulfill the need and it's like you give a set which is why like the uh, rent tax a rent tax credit is a really good idea what if we had a very generous we would have 500 dollars a month which now they're getting rid of the rent tax credit yeah, exactly but and it wasn't 500 dollars a month it was 500 dollars a year yeah. but still but yeah imagine if it was 500 dollars a month until yeah. you turned 22 to kind of get you started. Yeah. Yeah. That would be life-changing. Yeah, for sure. You for wouldn't sure. need to reinvent real estate. It's a tax credit. 
the yeah. system's there. It's fucking simple. Yeah. Like that, those kinds of things. And if you don't, I guess if it, well, and then private it landlords, could, it, maybe s- not even tax credit, but like a, just a, maybe a payment you get. Cause maybe people aren't even earning enough money to get that credit. Like, yeah. And then like, because they're not paying taxes anyway. Right. Um, yeah. And then that still incentivizes private landlords to maintain good houses because right. they want people to still rent their house and pay them. But whether the money comes to the government or not, it's irrelevant because yeah, they're it, still getting paid. And if it's tied to, and if it's tied to landlording or like, sorry, if it's tied to renting, the landlord can have that assurance that the person is going to take that money that's given to them and put it towards rent because that's the only because option if they don't for lo- that money. If they don't, then they lose it. Basically. Right. Use yeah. it or lose it. Yeah. So no. that's like those kinds of systems work really well. It's, it's a simple infusion of cash. And like, imagine what, like, imagine how different your life would be. Like, imagine how much uh, better your financial situation would be as an individual. Like, fuck, that would have been life-changing for me. Yeah. Um, and it's not an insane amount of... Like, we're talking about a we, very short time frame. We're talking about, like, 18 to 23 of people that need to move out. Most people in that time frame aren't even living out of their home. We do have a program called Rent Assist. Yeah. That'll pay you but, monthly. Yeah. Uh, it's based on your income. Uh, I was on it for a bit when I would just... It does not work if you are a working person. That's correct. Not you, really. You need to make under like 15 grand a year to have any um, meaningful... Which is below minimum wage. That's below poverty. Yeah. seventeen so... five is poverty. Like. Yeah. So that's um, minimum wage in this province is 22, 23,000. Yeah. You need to make like pre-15 to make any reasonable money like because it's a scaling like we were i was on it right after i was homeless um to kind of help me get back on my feet and i've been any government program you can use and abuse fucking do it i say this all the time thousand percent as a capitalist steal back any cent they take from you as much as you can fuck them every penny that you get from the government is one less dollar they have to spend on bombing afghani children so when I was on it, I was getting probably two, three hundred bucks a month, right. and I was only making on my tax returns less than ten grand, and I was only getting like two, three hundred bucks a month. Yeah, so that's a good program. It's a great program, but maybe but the, expand the eligibility. but it should just be expanded. Yeah, yeah, and like expand the eligibility, but maybe like have a sl- different scale for maybe ages, like because that age is a very difficult time to kind of build yourself up. It's like the way America's doing it is even fucking worse. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I keep hearing about, um, there's another, uh, they did another freeze or another extension um, on, like, being able to freeze your student loan debt payments yeah. in the States. And I was just thinking, like, I cannot, I couldn't name a single person that I personally know that has more student debt than they have, let's say, credit credit card or uh, card debt or any other debt. A term of university here is like $4,000. Right. Like, I don't know anybody that has any, any significant amount. I should, now that I really think of it, I don't know anybody that has any student debt. I know a few. But like, but of those people, how many of them have more student debt than they have of any other debt? No, none. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's kind of a non-issue. For sure. Down there, it's like, you have more student debt than any other debt even including medical debt when people aside from mortgages people are so dumb they need help maybe <laughs> okay so here's the thing in america 
the minimum payment that you have to make towards your student loan is less than the interest. Right. And then a lot of these people, these students don't, aren't, I guess, smart enough to budget or anything. So they just pay the minimum because it's the minimum. And then they end up accruing more interest than they're you're accruing interest on interest. Exactly. And then that's how they're like, I've paid off $60,000 and I still owe them a hundred. Yeah. But I only took out 60,000. Yeah. Uh, And that's how that happens is because they're just not paying enough. Yeah, exactly. Like they're not, but is that the fault of the person who's like, oh, this is my minimum payment? Or is that just really sus messaging on, the, duper, on, the part there, of the, on the part of the lenders? There's dupers and dupies, right? So the student... Of course they're dupies. But we're talking about protecting the dupies. We're not talking about eliminating the dupies because that's well, what Hitler tried to do. That's kind of what I want to try and do. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> um, just so we're clear. <laughs> just so we're clear, I, I'm advocating for genocide of dumb people. No, I get it. There's the dupers and the dupies, but like, unfortunately, one of the main functions of, of government is protecting the dupies from the dupers. And mo- and for clarity, the dupers is usually the government. Yeah, or the government. Like, every time um, you're making a fucking loan payment and shit, like, the government's taking a cut, right? Like, they make money from the fucking... When they guarantee loans and shit, they make a cut, right? Yeah, which is gross. Okay, so there's a Kilkenny Irish cream ale. I don't know if that sounds great or gross. Do you want me to Irish cream you? Anyway, on that note, we're going to transfer into the segment that we call Shot Caller, the part of the show where you, the, you, the audience, can pick the shot that we take. Uh, today we are uh, taking the old the the sponsor of this show, Old Smoky Tennessee Whiskey Habanero Mango version. Uh, Tennessee Old Smoky, please reach out to us. We drink this all the time. What are the odds that the people that own Tennessee Old Smoky uh, would agree with a single goddamn thing that we have to say? I think it's probably zero. So here's the thing: Do we really have a hard stand is there anything you actually care about no really no yeah, me neither no, so. <laughs> I'm a, no. I, I, like like as i like to say i'm fucking um i'm a i'm a radical centrist you could make a compilation of all the times that i like was a hypocrite on this show and had like differing opinions and that'd be but that's the show 90 <laughs> percent of those opinions are just me just talking anything you can just say whatever you want and no one stops you. It's hilarious. Except for Elon Musk. Trying to buy Twitter and sh- silence you. I mean, not trying to buy Twitter. He did successfully. Anyways, thank you, um, Old Smokey, for sponsoring this entire show. Please reach out to me. No, I like some... Um, some people were just theorizing about the idea of uh, Musk taking Twitter private. And just having it as a pet project because Twitter is currently is like a lower stock price than when it had its IPO. Well, after it's just been a bad investment the whole way. Well, and now Jack Dorsey has pretty much sold off everything. He's not the CEO anymore. Right, he doesn't care anymore. Like Twitter is a utility at this point, and literally only a benevolent billionaire probably should own this company. Good thing he's a benevolent dictator. Yeah, just I mean billionaire. Take it off the fucking. Uh, take it off the fucking stock market. Like, it's not, it's not a good investment. Like empirically, it's just not. 
unless you own Twitter stock when Elon Musk bought it and then it went up 45%. Yeah, but then what? Like I so don't know. he this is this is one of the points of the this conversation was if he implements what he's talking about like, you know, opening up the free speech um unban Trump, unban Trump. Exactly. Unban Trump. Unban Trump. So you may you may increase traffic, you may increase engagement, but the thing is it's not a engagement business it's not a traffic business it's a digital marketing business and if people aren't willing to put their ads next to neo-nazis unban the isis accounts unban the isis accounts literally like that's why that's why these companies do this is because their advertisers are fucking telling them to do it yeah no shit so it's like only fans considered dumping adult content because mastercard told them to like right so it, let's say he does these things. He changes these policies to Twitter. It's going to be... It's bad for the business in terms of bottom line. It's bad for the stock price. Like, it's, it's fucking bad all around. Will I stop tweeting? No. Well, exactly. It's not... <laughs> Twitter should not go away. It's just not a good investment. But it should be there. Somebody should own it. Somebody should, somebody should run it. Somebody should fund it. Trump. 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 He can't afford it. He's fucking broke. Put him on the board. Put him on the board. Mm. Mm. That would be great. Just gets like an honorary board seat just because. Well, Elon's on the board now. You well, see yeah, the, but he the, bought his way in. The CEO tweeted like, hey, we're up for... It's like the the meme of like, he's crying behind the smiling mask. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're great to welcome Elon to the board. Like, he's going to hostile take over this entire company, I think. That's the idea, yeah. I think this is step one is buying... Yeah. Absolutely. Nine and a half percent. Absolutely. And then step sixty is completely eradicate all his enemies. <laughs> like Yeah, it's like the process can you imagine being at Twitter, like in the finance department, being like, Oh, so Elon Musk just uh, bought all the shares <laughs> that sold today. Okay. That happened like ninety straight sessions where he bought every available share that was being sold. Well, that's how you do it, I think. Yeah. Right? Uh, because somebody sitting there buy, 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 buy. Under four percent of a comp four point nine percent of a company you don't have to report it to the irs or the mm-hmm. um what do you call it? fcc sec um yeah so, so then that's he, how you sneaky buy companies is you buy up blocks of like five percent with different companies and then right so he bought when he got to 9.6 uh he then changed his apparently you have to also file this um being a, being rich is tough uh he changed his i guess role or status with the investment from inactive to active. Okay. And that's when shit hit the fan. So inactive would be like, I just own a bunch of shares because I think it's going right. to make more money. Active means like, I'm going to fucking try and do something. Right. Okay. And you apparently have to say that yep. with the yep. government. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. So that they know. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're an inactive member and you start making moves, like, okay, well, do we consider you an active part of this business or no? Now you're just and manipulating you have to... the stock. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> That's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Stonks. I wonder if you have to do that here. It's le- I guess there's there's so many less eyes on the Canadian stock. Like I was going to say, what are you going to do that on green? Yeah, the, well, the Toronto Stock Exchange has some actual tech companies, right? Like Shopify? Shopify is it, I am, I'm, Toronto. Ass- I'm assuming it's on TSX. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you, they or, probably have Or a, some, some of it, yeah. They have an American listing too, I would assume. Yeah. Um, like what, forty billion, sixty billion? Shopify, something like they're fucked. Yeah. When like um, yeah, 
One of the Uber founders Canadian. Not that that affects anything with the stock, but no. <laughs> one of them is Canadian. When like some of those bit like all the banks and shit, they're fucking massive, right? Like TD and right. shit. Like, yeah, Canada's you know. banking and uh, resource extraction. The big five. And CBC. The big five banks are all within our top ten um, highest traded stocks. Yeah, that our makes biggest, sense. Biggest market cap. I think if I was going to sell out and get a corporate job, I'd probably go work for RBC. I hate RBC. I love uh, RBC. Man, RBC has been so fucking mean to me. It's an amazing consumer bank. Yeah, for my business, they have been... Don't fucking get an RBC account for your business. They have been so fucking bad to me. So here, the worst one, they they, they always do... Sh they've been doing shitty shit, but then banks just are shitty to small business. Yeah. But the fucking nail in the coffin where I'm like, okay, fuck these guys, was... So we had uh, every business account gets like a manager assigned to your account, right? Yeah. And they have like hundreds, I guess. But like, it's someone that you can reach out to. Yeah. So we had like a really pressing question about something like some sort of debt I won't get too far into. And I call him like six times over a week yeah. to try and get a fucking hold of this guy. He finally calls us back and is like, or no, emailed us back and was like, hey, actually uh, stop contacting me. Um, basically said, you're not worth my time. You're too small. Hmm. And I'm just like, cut like, he's like, yeah, if you need help, call the 1-800 number. Bye. Sheesh. <laughs> and I'm like, I, Jesus. I, fucking see, I had a totally different experience when I worked, um, with Arneo, I guess, bigger business. Uh, we'd like call our banker. We like, we were setting shit up. So we were struggling with TD cause they were really inflexible. Like we had to come in, we had to make meetings with them. And it was like, we're like, okay, we want to have like this, the signing authority structured in this and this way. They're like, oh, sorry, we can't. We have like one way to do it and that's it. It's an, so you get A or B and that's it. No flexibility. And it's like, okay, well, if you have an inflexible system for who's able to access bank accounts, like that, how is that a business feature? Like every business <laughs> is fucking different. Yeah. Owner structure and also logistics. Yeah. Like, do doesn't make any just, sense. Do you think they were just bullshitting you? No, it was like fucking, he was, he was with that bank. Um, Arnie was with that bank for like 10, 15 years. Like it would add everything with them. All his mortgages, like fucking million, tens of millions of dollars of business with them. And they were still stonewalling them. My worst experience with TD was, um, when my grandfather died, mm -hmm. my grandmother had all her bank accounts with TD and she was like trying to do something like move a bunch of money or something. Or like she sold the house. Right. So she was like trying to move a bunch of money. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you need to get the, your husband to co-sign this. And she's like, he's dead. And they're like, well, we still need his signature. <laughs> and she's like, I can bring you a death certificate. And it was like a three month long process. Yeah. That had to go all the way up to like federal corporate levels before she could like get. It's like, don't you have a process for this? I, f I feel like this happens every day. Literally People die, right? Like, like literally then, every day. And then it's like, but and in the meantime, it's like she couldn't have her money. Exactly. Like, and it's like, like she you, couldn't take out money. Like, yeah, it's you like, can't pay the for the funeral. You can't yeah. fucking pay your mortgage. Like, that's... and they were and they were I, I was pr I was like, what, 14 at the time. But I just remember them being really mad. Like my my mother and my grandmother yeah. like just being like fed up with these fucking people. Yeah. My family got really fucked up by Scotiabank. Um, they get my parents. <laughs> it's funny that we all di different bad stories about different big banks. Like. Yeah, so they they got a mortgage approval. Like pre, this is should be bulletproof, right? You get a mortgage pre approval. You go shopping, 
right? You go sell your house. It's like, it's, you have a time frame. You, it's you're, a contract. You're right? pre-approved for like 120 be. days or yeah, whatever. 120. Yeah. And so they took this, they went and sold the house. Uh, new, buyers were taking possession. They found a new house. They lined up the possession dates, went to go sign papers. They're like, Oh, sorry. We've uh, reneged on your approval. That's you're going to have to go through the entire process. I thought it was a contract. You can't just do that. Right. <laughs> they just fucking canceled it. So that we had to rent. And then what are you going to do? Sue them? Yeah, we had to right? rent. Like, we had to rent for six months while they went and tried to go. Th- they went through the entire process all over again, and they made it twice as hard. That's wild. Yeah, it was. I remember we just like for six months we were just like renting this random ass house in the middle of town. It was really weird. That's wild. Uh, but that wasn't the story. So RBC, um, right? So we had we had this awful time with TD Bank, and then we went to RBC, got a business account manager, and we just kind of like talked up like we want to switch everything over to you. Like we have all this business, we have all these mortgages, we do real estate, uh, like ton. We have a big merchant account. We've got all this shit going on. So our business manager, like I could call him, I could text him after hours. He would respond to me. He would show up 7:30 AM the next day on my doorstep with papers. Let me sign it. And then he'd run back to the fucking office, process it on his side, bring back his version of the papers, have another meeting. And like he was doing the running around. Yeah. I think that's as soon as you like hit the like ten million dollar mark, right? Then they like care. So he dumped your call because he was at my office. Because he was at your office. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was. Yeah. And also with uh with the tech programs, if you get into the uh the the tech programs like the like uh you can beep that if you want to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we got a business manager that was specifically meant for technology. This is Winnipeg. There's not a lot of them. So we had, there was like these two business managers and they were basically one step below corporate. So they kind of get to skip all the levels of bureaucracy and bullshit. They had like an extra level of funding that was aside from their branch and they could just spend so much time with us. They put in tons of work. They help us write business plans, apply for shit, look for grants. Like they would come to events with us, introduce us to people. It was like, they were the, yeah, I remember they were meeting your banker at uh, the TDS party. Yeah. Yeah. They were just around all the time. They were super chill. And like, and then RBC actually paid for an event and like they sent out the vice president and uh, a bunch of whatever high up people nationally all to an event at my office that I, like, I spoke at and I got to like chill with the vice president of RBC. That's like, wild because I've had such a goddamn bad experience with them. Yeah, but is it? But that's the thing about banks is if you are not in a, um, a in a segment or what do you call it in in, in an industry that they are paying attention to because yeah. they are like they are the kings of fads. Like this year yeah. we are spending money on leasehold improvements. Next year we're spending money on new business loans. That's a joke. <laughs> no, we're spending money on like you know he uh, home credit equity for people that don't need credit anymore. Exactly, Perfect. home equity lines of credit for people that are done spending money. Yeah, uh, like they will focus on certain things, and like technology is always something that every bank wants in on because our well RBC is the venture fund, which is one of the biggest um, like early seed investing funds in the world. Yeah, like they invest early and big in fucking massive tech companies, and they have extremely extremely high risk tolerance in that fund but then they have an extremely low like so i have a credit card with rbc yeah business credit card for five thousand dollars i had to put up a five thousand dollar gic to guarantee the credit card yeah 
it was a 12 month GIC. And then I was promised that at the end of the mature maturity, I could take the GIC and then it would have the credit card. Right. Yeah. As long as I didn't make a payment, miss a payment for 12 months. Yeah. It's been three and a half years. <laughs> they haven't given me my fucking GIC back. Jeez. And I keep asking I'm every like three months. I'm like, Hey, can I have my fucking card back? Or my, sorry, my, I have my fucking money back and they won't give it to me. I've had a $5,000 GIC with them for like almost three years. It's like, sorry, I think it was like two and a half. But um, like you should probably go barking up a chain somewhere. I, I don't know what to do. And then, and then, so we run, you know, I ran $400,000 last year through them. I've never missed a credit card payment. Yeah. I've never overdrafted. And I'm not credit worthy enough to have a five thousand dollar credit card. I'm gonna say, as a consumer, they would have offered you a five Ten, a five well, million dollar credit card at this point. I bank with BMO personally, Bank of Montreal, and um, I have a fifteen thousand dollar personal credit card that's not tied to my business. And my last um, uh, pay stub, or not pay stub, but like my my two thousand last time I filed taxes. Said I made under twenty grand. Right. Um, I have a fifteen thousand dollar personal credit card. They just fucking gave. Me, I log into my banking app. This is my favorite thing. I log into my banking app the other day. And they're like, "Oh yeah, you've been pre-approved for a thirty thousand dollar line of credit at Prime Plus Four. So it's a six percent line of credit. Thirty thousand dollars in cash. There's very complicated finance reasons as to why banks would be offering massive lines of credit to everybody like high mid low tier creditors i don't make any money it doesn't matter they got they have a massive incentive to give out money right now well, and you, you, well the, i think one of the i was kind of talking to people in the industry and they were telling me that because rates are going to go up yeah they're trying to fucking give out as much credit as they can at a lower rate before rates go up right um they're trying to dump cash yeah it's it's also an inflation thing yeah like, because their cash is devaluing at 7% annually, so they give it to you at 6 they just made 1%. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so as soon as I use a cent on there, it's better than them having that cent in a fucking bank account somewhere, yeah. right? It's Do they a have lot bank things. accounts in their own bank? Huh. <laughs> Who holds the bank's money? <laughs> well, Bank of Canada, right? The Fed? Yeah. Well, the Bank of Canada is our Fed. What? <laughs> um... It's, but anyway, it's all but fiat, though. It is all fiat, yeah. Well, the banks in Canada only have to have, what is it, 10% of deposits on hand to right. be a bank? So if more than 10% of people demanded their money back, they would just go under. They carry more, though, at least recently. The liquidity has been at record highs in the last couple of years. Thanks, pandemic. Uh, oh, one time well, I, thanks, uh, money printer. Yeah. <laughs> one time I uh, tried to take like 10 grand out of... Uh, out of a small branch on Lake Henderson. Yeah. Uh, they ran out of hundreds. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> if you want to take out more than 10 grand, go downtown. You got to go downtown, yeah. Um, they carried something like a million on hand. Because Downtown? How, probably more, surely. How in the fuck would you rob the, like the concourse RBC? Is that what it's called? What? Like the, the underground? Yeah. Yeah, so... Concord. Our, concourse, yeah. Yeah, concourse. So our city is uh, it's really fucking cold. True. And uh, our main downtown core, like the main intersection... <laughs> Isn't open to pedestrians. Well, and it's like the windiest fucking place... Uh, in North America, In I North think. America, yeah. yeah. Like, today... I w- okay, so today it's wind- windy and snowy. 
I was three blocks away. I could see the tornado at Portage in Maine. Like, it was fucking visible. And I drove my van into it, and it just literally whoosh, hit me from the side. And, like, it came through the, the like, the weather flashing in my window. And, like, I got blasted with snow <laughs> in the face because it hit me so hard. That's funny. And, like, it was so fucking windy there. And it's even worse around the buildings. Like, if you walk out of a building, you can literally get slammed up against the wall. So, you know what's funny? So, nobody walks there. So, so you go underground. That intersection they wanted they had we had a referendum actually yeah. which is the only referendum i've ever participated in to open it to pedestrians or not and it, yeah and it got it remained closed but i remember they uh they paid the city of winnipeg paid for two studies done by like a chicago or seattle fucking based research firm didn't release the results of the first one because i think it wasn't didn't fit their narrative Right. Released the results of the second one that said, yeah, we should open Portage Maine. It's going to be good. Uh, and then one of their things, which I just started laughing at was, oh, and then like Highs is right there. Like some, re- some fancy restaurants can open for outdoor dining. Which they have now. No, not on that side of the road, though. Their patios like. Right. You know, sheltered. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and then they have these like diagrams of like people with patio. Like it looks like a fucking French bistro on the. Oh, this is the windiest goddamn like. The, yeah, you could not have a you could not have a beaster on this corner. Well, like you know, all of your food would fly off the you table. You could tell that this wasn't written by someone who ever like, lived here. Eighty percent of the time, it's too windy to eat at a table without like having to consciously weight shit down. And also, Winnipeg doesn't do outdoor dining. We do patios. It's a right. different culture, a different vibe. Right. Like patio dining or patios are more drinking than eating. Right. It's and it's it's smaller menus. You do light pu- light pub food. Yeah. Like you don't go and fucking get a steak dinner and sit outside. You just don't. Mm-hmm. That's just not the culture here. No. Um, yeah. But yeah. So they they currently have a patio, uh, and it's got like seven foot glass walls around it. Highs does. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's windy. Uh, no, because they opened it. Uh, during COVID. When, during COVID, when they couldn't have people inside. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, now that it's there, yeah, obviously they put up the glass barriers because yep. fucking windy. But anyways. Fucking uh, windy. So the concourse goes underground under this intersection and connects all the main buildings. It's like a three-sided, three-cornered intersection. It's kind of weird. And all the and the buildings kind of branching out from that. So you can go all the way from those this intersection, walk through downtown, and there's like some tunnels are above ground, some are below ground. You can get all the way to the convention center you know where the jets play and it's all connected but the bank is underground on this intersection that is like not pedestrian accessible (laughs) there's no parking yeah there's no parkades yeah where'd you where'd you take the money once you stole it (laughs) like if let's say you hold up this place like you guns whatever you get in there it would take you literally five to ten like probably about let's say two to three minutes running to get to out. get from the bank to the street level yeah. there's well, nowhere to park you'd have to jump over a four foot concrete yeah, barrier yep. into the road <laughs> into a into the road into yeah. a vehicle well and here's the thing but i will counter that by saying that whoever's robbing the concourse downtown winnipeg rbc probably is on meth and doesn't isn't thinking of how they're going to get away right no if and if you did have the skill set to do it you'd be robbing someplace else you'd be like that's a bad target they and there's like, also cops everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of cops down there. Or what? Do they? I've never actually been because in that, methods. Do they buzz you in <laughs> no, down there? No, it's wide open. Okay. 
No, it, it's it's wide open. It's really nice because it's like it's where, it's 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 like half a block from like the grain exchange. Like it's it's wide open. It's yeah. really nice branch. You get great service there. You should. Um... But it's all underground, so it's like all these fucking. I used to work in the concourse for about. I worked underground in one of these offices for about it's, a year so here's the thing it's unironically kind of nice it's really nice but sketchy as fuck there's no windows obviously the, well, no win- but there's a and there's a lot of transient people that go through well, there because it's I, downtown i was in the news section that was under the fairmont right okay yeah, yeah. so i was kind of disconnected i was like on an offshoot so around me was like a starbucks like a nice bistro and yeah. there's a couple of nice offices i was in a marketing well, office a, lots a, of glass it was really beautiful the, but what's that cocktail bar under there called like underwear highs is kind of on that side. There's oh. a bar there. It's fucking nice. I went there with CN once. It was I fucking. I don't remember. Yeah, it's really good. It's a nice sushi bar. Yeah, I word. But yeah, it was it was really fucked doing desk work down there because I'd show up at eight nine a.m. You know, beautiful summer day. And I go down into the concourse, go into the office. It's like it's all bright. All the lights are bright. There's lots glass of glass walls down there. Yeah, like, yeah, it's super nice. But I go into this back into this office. And it's like, it's kind of, it's bright and it's cheery, but also it's all artificial. And you stay down there all day and either you can stay till three and you go out and it's sunny or you could go stay in there till 10 PM and you go and it's dark and you can't tell the difference. Like yeah. you have no reference. There's not even well, like, or it's winter and you go out at three and it's dark. Right. It's dark and dark when you go in dark when you leave. Yeah. Like it was just, it was depressing a hundred percent of the time is the point. It yeah. was fucking awful. To like, be fair, I, I work and live in a basement. So I feel like that would just be, well, but you have a window right there. You can tell if it's, if it's light outside. Uh, yeah, yeah. You didn't have that much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like the nearest light access was four or five doors away. Yeah. It was. I think it really epitomizes what it's like to be in Winnipeg <laughs> to <laughs> fucking run a business or work in that concourse. Like, like, God bless your soul. That is a rough place to we be. We have a lot of. We have a ton of tunnels under Winnipeg, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you can actually. Uh, I don't think like anyone can do it. I think you have to have like a pass. Like a, a card. Those you YouTube can actu- guys could do it. Yeah. Well, you can actually walk from the downtown concourse to the HSC. Right. It's like 30K. Yeah. You can actually walk that. I think you have to like have a thing to swipe. Yeah. But. um. Yeah. There's tunnels everywhere. Uh, the Half the city is. Co- and then uh, we have a lot of. Ton- my uh, my cousin was actually really interested in this. Um, They have a ton of the tunnels that are like cemented off. Right. Um, Because we used to have a uh, monorail system in Winnipeg. So all the access table uh, tunnels are still there, but the entrances are just, you know. God, how much better would Winnipeg be if all the transit was underground? If those, well, no, they they were above ground. Yeah, but imagine if all were, the all the transit, like all of our rapid transit lines. What if everything yeah, well, was underground? Well, fuck yeah, dude! What? Have you been to Toronto? <laughs> like, like not far. Like literally, just like you have a street level. It'd be like four inches or four feet of concrete well, you can and do, then train. Like you, it, you don't need to dig a tunnel. You just dig a trench. Here, here's the thing. And then put you a can, bridge over it. You can do above or below, right? Yeah. Below Tor- is way cheaper. Toronto does both. They have, but like Vancouver does above. Right. Right. Toronto has a Because it's rock. Yeah. We're in the prairie. It's fucking dirt. Just dig. Yeah, exactly. And it's cold. And, uh, but anyway, but there's, we have a ton of tunnels that are like inaccessible, but there's a couple, uh, Every downtown business has like an entrance to these tunnels in their basement. Okay. That are like blocked off. But apparently a couple of the businesses have like unblocked them. Yeah. I mean, jackhammer. Let's get to it. Yeah. And uh, you can get down there. It's like illegal, but you can. 
And oh, so, so that's she, where all the COVID parties have been happening. Yeah, well, she was like into that uh, because there's like ghost tour. There's a ghost tour oh, in downtown so Winnipeg that goes down there. Yeah, and that'd be like, so sick. Yeah, yeah, so there's a couple. Apparently, there's a couple. I won't say anymore because I don't want to like blow up these people's <laughs> operation here because it is illegal. Mm-hmm. But you can you can get down there apparently. So that'd be so sweet. It's just kind of sketchy, but so what you're saying is you need to buy a shitty bar. Somewhere downtown. And then fucking drill down. <laughs> drill down and yeah. then set up the real like speakeasy slash nightclub. <laughs> like under my nightclub. <laughs> in the in the illicit. Yeah, that's yeah. where like all the hard drugs have. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, have you seen those, uh, the videos of those guys that broke into the Paris catacombs? Yeah, that's what I was thinking that's about. That's sketchy as fuck. Oh God, it's so scary. Have you ever seen that movie? Um... The found footage style? You know what I mean by found footage? Yeah. Well, thank God. I just no. learned the term today, so if really? you didn't if you didn't know it, I'd be upset. Really? I like Blair Witch. Like... Well, yeah, no, I know the concept. I just never heard the term. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I, I love I love the concept most of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cloverfield was awful. Clover, really? Cloverfield one was fine. They remade it like Cloverfield Paradox. That was terrible. That was terrible. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking. Cloverfield about. one was fine. It wasn't great. Uh, the yeah, best. It, it was fine. Blair Witch is obviously the classic. Yeah, Blair Witch um, is the one that like was cited in this podcast like as bringing it back yeah that was like uh the other uh vhs the first one is really good as well my favorite one is when they're i I can't remember the name of it but they're doing like a paranormal investigation in this hospital okay and it's not one of the paranormal activities no No, definitely not paranormal Uh, activity one was made for like 10 grand they were all made cheap the blumhouse special baby yeah no, my favorite one is that. So they're doing an investigation in this hospital, and is one. It's it's similar to Blair Witch, in where they, uh, they have, like an, a never ending night, okay. where like time stops making sense and being linear, and uh, so they're and all of a sudden the hallways get really long and they're like running up up the stairs like okay we got to get out of this but we got to get to the roof and they're running up the flights of stairs but they just like run like 11 flights in a three story building and they just can't get up there like as above so below yeah okay, yeah so that's that, what it's called yeah that was that's, a movie, that's uh, fucking terrifying that the, movie that was a fucking creep and that's the so, same one is it like reality warps so, like the tunnels start changing so does time yeah there's a movie called as what is it as above as above so below and it's a movie about them going... I forget what the plot is, but they go into the Paris catacombs. It's like a bunch of kids that want to go and they like get a no, local I think guy. they're trying to find a guy. They're trying to find like their father. Or maybe it's ju- like... journalist investigating. I don't, I don't know. know something weird. But anyway, but as they go through... And for those of you that don't know, the, the Paris catacombs are these, like the longest man-made tunnel system in the world. And it goes under Paris like miles and it's and, where it's where people were hiding in the in world wars well, and the, where a the, lot of the battles I were fought. I think they dug it in like the 1600s and that's where they used to bury people. Right. So like, it's, it's full of skeletons. Full of, yeah, there's like real skulls and shit and I I think they have a little bit open for like tourists. Yeah. But like 90% of it is inaccessible. Yeah. But there's like I've seen some guys on YouTube like break in and get in there, right? Anyway, but this movie as above so below they go into this catacomb or whatever, and it starts relatively normal. But the farther they get, they they end up going into hell. Yeah, and that's kind of the plot. And it's it's creepy visuals. Yeah, like, they end up. Yeah, they end up in hell. So that's just how I remember, or that's just what comes to mind as soon as I uh, think about like, Oof. oh, it's going to the Winnipeg fucking tram yeah. system, and then I just think of this shit, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, tinfoil hat time. Um, Should I get the tinfoil hats? No, this is too brief. Damn it. They haven't worn the tinfoil hats. Those, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Those movies are made 
by the globalists to keep us out of those places. Okay. Like, I like, those, like cautionary um, tales for children, but uh, for grown-ass people. Every so often I see on my TikTok algorithm these guys that explore, like, abandoned mansions and shit. Yeah. Pretty cool. I I was going on with a girl for a while who was really obsessed with that stuff, and we yeah. went into some abandoned buildings. It was pretty scary. The scariest well, one I, I did... What did was, you do in these abandoned buildings, Tyler? Oh, lots. Um, Ooh. The, the craziest one was an abandoned uh, grain elevator. That seems dangerous. It was. Uh, in the middle, it was like in the middle of a field, yeah. like there's nothing around for miles as grain elevators are. Wow. But the thing about the prairies, it, you put your head up 10 feet, you can see really far. True. 20 feet, you feel like you're on top of the world. True. 30 feet, it feels like you're on the moon. Oh man. I was at like 200 feet. Yeah. It was fucked. Like yeah. you could see the, and I was up there like during a sunset, it was like in the middle of summer. So like all the wheat's waving and the, it fucking amazing picturesque and like this this thing looked really sketchy from the outside like it was going to fall down but like if you actually look at it the the structure is all timber frame it's super solid but the ladder going to the top is just like a wooden you know rungs up between two massive timber joists and you get up to the top and half the floor is missing yeah so you gotta like watch where you walk (laughs) or you'll fucking fall and like the opening below your feet is like 60 feet free fall yeah yeah fucking terrifying yeah it's sketchy as fuck and like we stuck our feet out like through the wall because of massive holes in the wall yeah and just watched the sunset it was awesome unbelievable experience uh i could take it there i still know where it is let's go uh it's yeah probably falling down by now no it's still there it's like five years ago and i saw it probably last year year before mm. it's still there it's not that old like it just got abandoned and when you stop taking care of shit uh, the siding falls off real quick. Yeah, true. And I, we walked through the house that was on this property, and it was like, oh, wow, this is like... this well, thing about just die and then like... Yeah, like this is the thing about Manitoba. It's like you find a place, you think it's super old, you're like, oh, this is cool, it's probably haunted, and you're walking through, it's like, oh, no, this was renovated in the 80s. Oh, I see a Nintendo <laughs> DS on the table. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, the, the windows just blew out, and it looks really dirty. <laughs> like, it's not old. Well, There's nothing my, fucking old here. One of my favorite things about, like, farm country is, like you have the decrepit falling apart barn right next to the brand new barn. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, why take down the barn? It's too much work. Just build another one right beside well, it. Wait like, long enough for hipsters to get into old barn wood and you sell it for profit. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, we're going to take a second shot here. Anytime we take, Oh, thank God. <laughs> Every time we take a shot that's under 40% on the show, we have to take a second one. So this is our, us taking a second shot. Shots. Mm. so spicy why is it spicy so i'm working on a house right now that's um for someone like willows hello uh a habitual drinker i'm not a habitual drinker i'm um alcoholic man (laughs) 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 thank you it's like it's not a habit i'm dependent (laughs) i want to be mad at you but continue i'm I'm saying it as a i'm saying it as a joke but i'm in the same camp i'm crying for those of you that have regular uh, hangovers, this would be the worst house ever. Who has hangovers? Just keep drinking. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so this house is all white. Ugh. The outside of it, the inside, the floors, the walls, the cabinets, the counters. The people that live there? The showers, the white, definitely the people. <laughs> uh, like, I'm talking like, oh, what color grout? Oh, white. Oh, what color paint? Oh, let me white. guess. Let me let guess. Me, <laughs> let me guess. Let me guess. What about the towel? Tra- uh, 
yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I got it. I got I got the idea. Like, there's not a single color in this house, which is kind of weird. Like, it's like you you think about really modern house, and it's got the weird, like you know, most houses have a roof that you know. Put your hands into the shape of a roof. Now invert that. That's the roof. That seems inefficient. Yeah. Like, that it's seems like, like a bad use of space. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want all of the snow and ice to, to... be in the middle of your home? Yeah. Is do, this a new build? Do this. Yeah, brand So new. they haven't survived a winter yet. No. <laughs> so we'll, 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 well see. There, there's a lot of suspicious dripping noises. When, I'm, when I was in the ensuite, like, <laughs> in the master bathroom, I could hear a lot of, like, really loud, like, doom, 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 doom. Maybe it's that was my wet-ass pussy. Probably. Doom, doom. <laughs> but anyways, really sussos. Uh, I like the, the, the problem is I really like the elements of the design of it. And what's really interesting is he's made this whole place to be handicap accessible. <coughs> like all the light switches are like waist height. Okay. And like all the thermostats and stuff that's usually face height yeah. is like stomach height. It's okay. like everything is super low. Like when you go turn on the light, it's like here. Yeah. Like, you just put your hand out straight from your waist, and there it is. Instead of, like, putting your hand up for a light switch. It's, everything's really low. Joke's on you, idiot. Just make it smart, and then you can talk to it with your voice instead of... Right? It's like... <clears throat> I feel like the innovation's going in, the weird, in a weird direction here. But I'm like... I asked the, the GC, and I'm like, why is everything in here built, like, handicap accessible? And he's like, well... Uh, he's like, they like to do that just as, like, a standard, you know, just in case. I'm like, okay, well, I get that. I'm like, well, what about the owner? He's like... Like, are they in a wheelchair? He's like, no, not yet. And I'm like, it's a weird way to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Are you counting on it? Jesus Christ, maybe, that's more maybe of it. Maybe he wants to befriend somebody. I I guess it's, but also it's like it's a luxury home on a very expensive piece of property. It's like it's right off of Academy uh, in River Heights, which is one of our most expensive one of neighborhoods. The top three expensive neighborhoods in the city. And the weird part is. It's not like old River Heights. Every single house on this entire block is brand new. Yeah. And every house on the other side of the street is all old. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they ripped down, but it's all brand new homes. And so this is a high-budget buyer, but they have a basement suite. That they're, like, renting? Yeah. Interesting. It's a purpose-built basement suite with, with separate access. Here's the thing. That's if also save, all white. If I can save $1,000 on my rent, <laughs> even if I'm a fucking multimillionaire. Well, that's the thing. Like, this isn't... Well, maybe it's for their kid or something. I don't I, know. I don't... You wouldn't build it as a rental suite, though. Like, it's got fire doors, separate entrances. Oh, like, so it's, like, all up to code as a rental yeah. suite. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, like, a separate... It's almost like a secondary house. Maybe they're there. planning on renting the entire thing? I don't know. This is what's weird. It's, like, you build the... You hire... The people that hire a specific architect whose shtick is he makes everything white. <laughs> um, are, probably are building a rental. He's also a university, a university of Manitoba professor for architecture. He's like the head of the faculty. Wait, the person whose house it is? Or no, the person who's, he desi hired? who's designing oh, okay. it. okay. Who hired us. And you're, you do exclusively like top end homes. Yeah, for architects typically. Yeah. And this architect was the professor to my business partner and also to the guy we just hired, also his design degree, and was under this professor. So what are you saying? Why the fuck is luxury real estate moving towards rental suites? Because... That doesn't seem like it... I don't think there's much precedent for that. That seems interesting to me. Yeah, who's... 
like and this is how, Winnipeg. Houses how, are not expensive here. Well, houses are getting more expensive and people are getting poorer. So who's going to rent a luxury house? Exactly. Like the rent on that shit would be a lot. Like just buy a house, in a right? ba- And you're renting a basement. Yeah. It's going to be a high rent price. Yeah. I mean, it'll look really nice. It's properly properly designed, maybe, really well done. Maybe there's a niche there that we don't know about. Maybe that's, what they... that's what I'm saying. Like this is a world I don't understand. Hmm. Who's out there paying two thousand bucks a month to rent a basement well, guess, like, in Winnipeg? Not a basement, obviously, but you were renting a very expensive condo at yeah. some point, right? Like, there's obviously a there's a market for everything. There's a market for expensive uh, rentals. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um. So maybe this is just kind of an extension of like you know. Yeah, I guess so. You just want a different thing, but like, what person is going out there and contracting this architect? You're like. My point is, it's a specific request to get this guy. 90% of people wouldn't want to live in a house like this. It's all white. Yeah. Uh, and then they go and buy this land. They go through all the trouble of the design process. It takes years. Yeah, of course. And at some point, they're like, it's going to have a rental suite. That's one of our <laughs> conditions. Like, we're going to have our dream home. But the basement is somebody else's. Maybe you're misinterpreting what they're trying to do. I don't. Maybe, but like it's, it's maybe very. Maybe just wanted it. I don't know. Separately, you like, can't really change the function of that basement. Like it's got a fully built kitchen. It's got extra bedrooms. It's got living rooms. Maybe like, they, I don't know. You maybe, can't just roll that into your house. Maybe they have a fucking co- cousin or something that comes around every once a month and they. I so don't maybe know. it's a very specific need. Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck knows, right? Like. Like I've I've seen. Well, I'm sure, you, and you've told me stories about you building weird ass shit in people's houses, luxury two family homes, like because they want it. Like, yeah, I, actually, that's an I've I've heard of this one other time. It was it was literally a luxury two family home, so it was the highest price ever achieved in this neighborhood, most expensive house ever sold in this neighborhood, and it was a duplex. Interesting. Like, it, yeah, it, it's it, like it looked like. It looked like a one. It just looked like a massive mansion, but you it know was. What I but bet. it was a bi-level two-family home. You know what? I if I had to wager, swinger couples. Either swinger couples or as Indians. That <laughs> big eye Indians, the the country. Yes, I wasn't assuming you were saying a slur for. We have American listeners. People. Christ. I'm they, sorry. I bet they st- they do still say that. They back do down still there, say right? that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the the act of government that governs the indigenous people of Canada is still called the Indian Act. So it's fine. Um, I have native friends because so they're from India. Natives are from India. All of them. That's why they're all brown. Well, on that note, let's transfer here into the uh, final segment of the show called. T- Tip, 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 tip of the week, tip of the, tip of the week, tip of the, tip of the week, where Tyler and I give you a um, business or life tip that we are currently going through. And uh, my tip today, it just, it, it occurred to me, uh, I went to a funeral today for my uncle uh, Brian, rest, God rest his soul. Um, oh, Lordy. Yeah, it was kind of a weird, like it wasn't, uh, there was no service. It was mm. just like a come and go kind of thing. Okay, like a wake and a burial. No, it was. They already did the wake and the burial yesterday. So this oh. was just like a, it was in the, in in the church, but in like, I guess the church. Um, it was in small town Manitoba, Oak Bank, Manitoba. Um, so in the church they have like garage doors almost. They look nice, but 
that's essentially what they are. Yeah. And then when you open the garage doors, it extends into like uh, what looks like a school cafeteria. Right. For like, which every church has. Exactly. So so everything was open, and there were probably hundred people there. Um, like the average age was probably seventy five. Mm-hmm. And that's because there were a lot of kids there. Brought down the average. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but, uh, and I, I didn't know him well, like Brian, like I hadn't seen him in like over a year, like probably over one of the, one of the uncles you see at weddings and funerals. Right. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen him in a while. So whatever, but he, he died of, uh, ALS, which was unfortunate, which is not a, not a great one. But, uh, my mother and my grandmother actually saw him the day before he passed away, which was, uh, um, they were, you, you don't want to say like, that's good, but uh, yeah. you know, it was good that they, they were able to see him and, and whatever anyway, but I was there and, uh, we only went for like, you know, we we're probably in the building for less than 30 minutes mm-hmm. said, you know, our condolences to all the family and the wife and everything. And then, um, I was, uh, I was in the corner eating a bunch of the veggie plate and then, <laughs> and then we just kind of, as you do, you know, and then we just kind of gave up our seats. Like, where's we, Willows? Uh, probably by the vegetables. <laughs> yeah. So it was getting, um, it was getting busier. So we kind of gave up our seats so other people could sit. It was just me and my mother. And that, cause my grandmother who would have gone, uh, she, it's her side of the family. Uh, she has COVID right now. Oh, so, great. uh, surviving. Thank God she's 87 years old. So she doesn't need COVID, <laughs> but, um, looks like she's getting through it but uh, and then my father this isn't his side of the family he doesn't really know anyone so whatever so i went to basically escort my mother right and uh we just went for a, like half hour and then you know said our goodbyes and went back and i was just thinking about like i think there's a lot of value from just like going to places in person and making an appearance and i've been saying yeah. this i've been saying this for a long time about birthdays yeah I really make an effort to, even if I'm like, I literally don't have time with my work. I like to show up, take a shot and then leave. And I've gone to birthdays for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, because. So let me one up that the best salespeople I know, uh, I'm going to say two names. I mean, nothing to nobody else. <laughs> but if you're listening to this podcast, I love you. Uh, Eric Senyak and Jonathan Lipson staples of birthday parties yeah they show up yep. they take the shot they give you a ten dollar tim's gift card <laughs> yeah maybe 20 maybe 50 if they really like they you were both at my last birthday i think <laughs> right so. they make appearances yeah they don't stay long they yep. show up late and they fuck off they yep. give you but they give you a gift card yeah like 80 percent of the people on my party didn't give me anything yeah they gave me something that was like almost entirely meaningless, like a but, Tim a Tim's card. Practical. A Tim's card. You're buy a coffee. Exactly. A Tim's card is like a high five. Yeah. If you're not Canadian, yeah. um, it was that level, but like I still remember being like, I gotta, like I definitely gotta go to that guy's birthday. Like I feel like I owe yeah. him one now because that yeah. was that was a really cool gesture. Yeah cost so little but man those guys it's still like obviously i remembered it i'm yeah. fucking mentioning it there's fucking 40 people at my party those are the two guys i remember see that's and me obviously but uh oh yeah see, <laughs> see and that's um yeah I, I i i remember i did this with uh i remember my ex complaining because i'm like there was a birthday we had to go to in like transcona and we had to be up early and i'm like we're not gonna stay long and she's like well if we're not fucking staying long just text them yeah. And say happy birthday instead of going. I'm like, we're fucking going. And I made the appearance and then left. And then 
I remember her saying something to the effect of like, when I saw, like I said, happy birthday to him and he hugged me. And she's like, there, and that was the second I knew. I'm like, oh, this is valuable. Yeah. Because she'd never thought about it before. But I think business tip wise, like as a salesman, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, there's a huge advantage to that. But then also just like, you know, showing up where um, I kind of know this side of the family. Right. I think there's, there's value to human connection of like showing up in person and putting in that little bit of effort, I think there's there's a wild amount of value in that. Yeah, show face and fuck off if you don't want to be there. Yeah, and and that's fine. Yeah, like we left after twenty minutes. No one was like, "Oh, you're leaving already." Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, you got to drive back to Winnipeg, like whatever, right?" Like yeah. it's you know, and it was and it is what it yeah, is. So. That's a good point. Yeah, I, should, I definitely should do more of that. Yeah, because I'm definitely I, like last couple of years have definitely been in the mindset of if it doesn't do anything for me, I'm not going to show up. Uh, which is kind of a terrible way of looking at it. I, I yeah. I, I mean, like, I know people hate on Gary Vaynerchuk, but he, his thing is always like, give more than you take, and then the universe will provide you with more, like yeah. gratitude and like. The the one that I always remember is that it was like New Year's Eve snowstorm in New Jersey, and a woman, like old woman, called. This is when he was working for the wine business was like, hey, my wine delivery got, like, smashed by the delivery guy in a blizzard. And Gary himself threw a case of wine in his fucking Volvo and drove to New Jersey mm-hmm. to give it, to hand deliver it to the woman. And people are always like, well, what's the ROI of that? You know? And he's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like. It's kind of fun, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, just putting in the little bit of it, like, I think yeah. that there's... And you'll There's get, a lot to be said. And you'll definitely get a little endorphin rush from it. I guarantee it. Yeah, for sure. And then just the fact that you remember people showing up to your birthday yeah. to give you... And people that I rarely speak to. Yeah. that I think that's a... Yeah. Um, they, had I wouldn't, no, they had no reason. They didn't know me shit. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wouldn't... Like, I personally wouldn't do it for anyone that's like... I, I'm Facebook friends with. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like... It's like... But anyone that's like ever help me out or bought any of my shit ever before. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's a, if you don't believe in, you know, God, like if you believe in God, I mean, God probably wants you to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in God cosmically, the universe will reward you for that. If you don't believe in that shit either, Tyler just was able to pick out two people from his birthday party from years ago that he remembers because they did something like that. Yeah. Like, there is a value there. I 100%. God damn it. You distracted me so much getting into my story. I had a fantastic point. And believe it or not, I got it from It's Always Sunny. (laughs) It's so good. Fuck. Why am I blanking on this? You're dumb. I had it. The second... I'm like, oh yeah, no, this is gold. So I was watching the episode where they fucking whacked Dennis in the head with a framing nailer. And he thought he was in rehab, but he actually just broke into someone's warehouse and was harassing people oh, for a week. Uh, and it's what's his name, uh, Shabazz, or what's his name? the guy that played Shazam, right? Like that guy. 
Yeah, he's he like, you're gonna be my bitch. <laughs> and it, no, it's the guy from Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like the guy from Matchbox Twenty is my bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the moral of that story is, uh, yeah, uh, we finally got Tyler to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. After like me and his girlfriend are both very big fans, and I'm like, it's exactly your humor. Like you'd love it, and we finally got him to watch it. So, in a, in an attempt to rescue my segment here, um, <laughs> I I had to cut out like nine minutes of silence just now. That's perfect. Just for the record. So there's the brilliance of I'm just gonna talk about the brilliance of the show is the. It's basically about being the worst possible person you could be in any given moment. Yeah. And the and then eating the consequences of it. That's why it's good. Okay, I got it. Go. Yeah, it's about the premise of the run. show. I won't even... Thank God. So, one of the main things they were saying in the show was like, if you could only walk a mile in my shoes, you'd understand how fucking hard I have it. So Danny DeVito's like saying this in a movie theater. He's talking loud. He's being annoying. He's obviously being the asshole. He's being a piece of shit. He's ruining the movie for everybody. Guy turns around. He's like, can you shut the fuck up? Like, who talks in a movie like that? He's like, if only you walked a fucking day in my shoes, you wouldn't know how hard it... Like, that's that's not a rational response to that question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the idea of, like, if you walked a fucking mile in my shoes. So D uh, is walking a mile in Charlie's shoes. And every night, Charlie goes to bed. He takes a tin of cat food, <laughs> shovels it into his mouth as fast as he can. And then makes him sleepy. Huffs a bunch of glue. Yeah, and then he Makes sleep- him feel really gross, so he's like, oh my god, I have to go to bed, I feel awful. And then sleeps butt to butt with an old man. <laughs> yeah, and then sleeps butt to butt, pisses in a can. Yeah. Because the bathroom is scary. Yeah. And he does this because there's 50 cats in the alleyway. <laughs> meowing and screaming all night, so yeah. he can't sleep. So, he, can, yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he does this to sleep. But he should give them kitten mittens. And then Dia's like, do you think maybe the cats are there because of all your empty cans of fucking cat food (laughs) that you're downing every day? He's like, no, the 500 cats are there because of the 10,000 rats that are around my fucking building. He's like, trust me, this is the solution to the problem. She's like, it sounds like you're making your own problems. He's like, he's like, well, I'm stressed out tomorrow because I feel fucking sick and I couldn't sleep all night and I had to huff a bunch of glue and that makes my brain all scrambled (laughs) because I couldn't sleep because of the cats, because of the rats in this fucking building that I live in because I can't afford it. He's like, I can't go to the, I can't get a better job because I'm always fucking tired and I'm always dysfunctional. If I had a better job, I could pay more money. I wouldn't have the fucking cats to deal with. Like, if you could walk a day in my shoes, what's that fucking cyclic idea and your what is the suffering you're inflicting on yourself that is your excuse for not doing better so if if you ever find yourself saying that if you can only walk a fucking day in my shoes does this make you have like a life revelation in some ways because i'm like (laughs) everyone is inflicting some kind of pain on themselves some some of us uh on purpose some of us on purpose, some of the, some of us just by habit, some by whatever. Like, you've done enough shit in your life, you're just in the situation you can't get out some of Some of it because my dominatrix likes it. Right. Like, maybe you're in Section 8 for XYZ reason. Like, you need Manitoba housing, you need rent assist, whatever. Come back to that. Like, everyone has a fucking reason. But if somebody else wanted to walk in your shoes, they'd be like, 
well, why do you do that? Obviously, you're making your you're making your life harder. You're like, but because I have this and I have to do this because of that is the cats, it's the rats. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody has that shit, and it's like if you could just break that one piece of the chain, you could break out of your cycle. Yeah, and it just really fucked with my head because I'm like. What am I doing to myself? <laughs> how much of that in your own life is like... I guaranteed. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. You're doing something to yourself. Yeah. And I just think the fact that this show by Danny DeVito and a bunch of assholes like it just encapsulated that idea of human struggle so perfectly. It was fucking beautiful to me. Like I nearly cried. It was great. And uh, yeah, so fucking look at yourself and what are you doing to yourself that really, really hurts, but you really don't have to do. You really don't. Stop eating cat food is basically Stop eating cat food and huffing glue. Perfect. That's my, just just that part. Like cut the entire <laughs> cut the explanation out. <laughs> That's my advice. Perfect. Stop eating cat food and huffing glue. You know what? I could cut the entire episode. It's a two second episode of you just you saying that and then it's gone. <laughs> April Fool's. Make it the, make it the title. Stop huffing, stop eating cat food and huffing glue. Yeah. It's either it'd be that or something about banks because we talked about that for all. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Alcohol Beyond This Point, the podcast. That, that meanders while we drink. Follow us on Instagram, Alcohol Beyond This Point, uh, alcohol, linktree.com slash Alcohol Beyond This Point or link.tree, whatever the fuck it is. Um, my name is Willows. Tyler is eating cat food over there. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.